0: They're like four claps there. <laughs> who else is clapping? Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 130 Fast Passes. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight are Matt.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: And Tom. What's up, guys? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. two weeks in a row I've I've messed that up
2: well two weeks in a row you haven't used the outline I have two things to address here number one I'm sorry we lost Matt from a connection standpoint at the end of last episode but we did carry through for your resource that you had picked well I'll just say that I mean I was trying to get back on
1: doing my best but I couldn't and I was just Pete's looking at me like I wasn't trying. I swear, guys, I was trying to get back on.
0: No, no, your your audio's like going out again. I'm, I'm getting worried. This is talking about back-to-back weeks? Are you kidding me?
2: And number two, when we start the episode so it's easier for Pete to edit, we we all will clap at the same time to give Pete kind of a starting point. And this week he said he heard four claps. But I I have like scary movie memories of the claps And I can't remember the movie. The Conjuring. It's the the Conjuring. The Conjuring. The Conjuring. So Pete, you can't reference. I'm home. I'm in my house alone. You're in your house alone. You can't say there was an extra clap because now I'm terrified to leave my office.
0: There. I mean, there were at least four claps. There may have been more than four claps, but I I heard lots of claps when we clapped.
1: Let me just say that normally I'm doing the countdown with y'all, but this particular time I was looking at my phone,
2: so I heard you guys clap and then I clapped. So that might explain one of them. But even then. That's only three claps. And you know, the clap the clapping game from the conjuring, like I, I will never, if I'm watching football on a Saturday afternoon alone in my house, I won't clap because I'm terrified someone's gonna make a clap noise back to me for me to find them. And and Matt, you visited my house. You swear it's haunted.
1: Oh Tom Tom has a, a guest bedroom that's very haunted. I'm pretty sure the attic is haunted. And lastly, I'm never gonna clap in my house again, even like watching sports. Like I never thought about that. But that's actually quite terrifying. But let's get on to some some Disney stuff here because this is not a um Tom Scares Everybody
0: podcast. I I can't wait until about halfway through the episode when I'm like, Tom, what's set behind you? I'm going to
2: turn my video off so you can't do that.
0: <laughs> I can still say it. Uh, yeah, so tonight, if you couldn't tell by the title, we're going to talk about uh, Fast Passes. And we're not going to talk about Fast Passes in the t- traditional sense that uh, that we talk about Fast Passes. We're going to talk about Fast Passes slightly different. We are assuming that Fast Passes are coming back, right? We're assuming that Fast Passes come back in the same capacity that they were before with the tier system and that Disney doesn't just do away with them and uh, go to some other system altogether, which, which very well could happen.
1: If that happens, man, I've already had to learn one Fast Pass method, a second Fast Pass method. The third one is probably going to be even more complicated than the first two. Honestly, I'd rather just go back to the first one. The first one was easy; you just go there, get your fast pass.
0: Well, but before we before we get into this, I do want to mention a couple of weeks ago we we got a uh, a message on Twitter from Larry, one of our one of our loyal listeners, and he reminded me of when Disney was still running the My Disney Experience app and the paper fast passes simultaneously. And you could actually get fast passes on the My Disney Experience app and paper fast passes at the same time.
2: What a what a t- twenty twelve I think is the trip that Larry referenced a couple of weeks ago. I, I actually responded to uh, his I think it was Twitter a Twitter message, and what an opportunity! I mean, what a time to be alive! You're double dipping on fast passes, uh, Pete. We've talked about that. We think the My Disney Experience app gives you a better opportunity for fast passes. But can you imagine? Being able to my Disney Experience app and play the Paper Fast Pass game.
0: I mean, that how many Fast Passes could you get if you could do that?
2: Well, hopefully, I think he I think he spent the day in Magic Kingdom, but hopefully he didn't spend it in Hollywood Studios in 2012 because you'd be done pretty quickly.
0: Ooh, that's true. But you could ride the Great Movie Ride. I mean, Again, you didn't need a Fast Pass
1: done done though. Quickly, you could it You could have ridden it
0: just as
2: just as many times as anything you had Fast Passes for because there was no line. But Larry also told me that. That I, and just knowing him as, as a listener and a Patreon supporter, we appreciate that. He also shared that he he had never ridden The Great Movie Ride multiple times in a day. That was on, from a previous episode. He, we talked about that. And so, yeah, can you imagine that time? 2012, Paper Fast Passes, my Disney experience. I mean, Pete, you and my wife are wizards on the app. I I tend to think that I was pretty good at the Paper Fast Pass game. That would have been fun. You were
1: good at you were very good at the paper paper fast pass game, likely because you were younger than everybody else and can just outrun them places.
2: And if if I was really struggling to get a fast pass, normal adults would feel bad and just get, just or the Disney cast members just let me ride. They'd just say, "Oh, we'll let him in."
1: I mean, or you could just like skip the fast pass altogether and just you know throw a cast member a twenty, just get on the ride with the fast pass folks. They handed that stuff out like
0: candy. You you can still do that to this day. Nothing has changed there. Okay. Before we uh before we get into the news for this week, I do want to take this uh take this time. Tom mentioned our Patreon. Wanna mention it again, patreon.com slash mendu wdw. Extra episodes, you guys know the drill. If you're interested, sign up. We we really do appreciate it. We enjoy doing the extra episodes. It uh it allows us to be a little bit more uh Free with our language and uh, some of the topics that we cover.
1: Maybe just a little more candid.
0: There you go, a little more candid. If you are interested, please do check us out again: patreon.com/menduwdw. WDW. right. With that, let's go to the uh, to the news for this week. All right. So the first major piece of news that I want to talk about: retheming Splash Mountain to Princess and the Frog. Guys, I'm I'm crushed by this. This is this has been my favorite ride since it opened.
1: So obviously. We've all grown up on Splash Mountain. The way that the ride has been, you know, since what, Pete? Ninety-two, ninety-three. When did when did Splash Mountain open? I feel like it was like around then.
0: Disneyland eighty-nine, and uh, I think Disney World was ninety-two.
1: Yeah. So I mean, since the first time I went to Walt Disney World, Splash Mountain in its previous form, you know, that's what it was. And I don't think I understood the undertones of the ride at the time. Any any time you have the opportunity to make make right on something you need to do it. And I'm excited for this retheme. Splash Mountain is an is an attraction that we've talked about for a while. It's been a classic, but I just think it's an opportunity to create a new Disney classic and something that'll be celebrated for a long time.
2: Yeah, so I, you know, I'm kind of as much as i love Splash Mountain like you guys do, Disney's proven that they've done a really good job when they retheme attractions. And and when they redo attractions, we look at we look at what happened in Norway with Frozen. That's now a fan favorite. That's an attraction that I want to go on every time. Uh, we look at what happens at what has happened at Disneyland, with Guardians of the Galaxy being replaced with Tower of Terror. While I haven't ridden it, it seems to be a, a, a massive success. So I would assume they're going to do it right here. I don't, I don't think any of us have ridden Splash Mountain in the last five years and not thought hey, they could they could update this or clean it up a little bit. I mean, it's a dated attraction.
0: But Tom, you look at Stitch's Great Escape replacing the Extraterrestrial Adventure, right? And and that is a cautionary tale. You know, look, there, there are. Say what you want about Princess the Frog. Princess and the Frog, it's certainly underrepresented in the parks, right? There, there's no Princess and the Frog representation in the far in the parks. You know, so is there a place for for that intellectual property to, in the parks? Absolutely. But it it, it hits me because look, I I love Splash Mountain. I've 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 loved Splash Mountain since the first time I wrote it, which was I think in 1992. And so yeah, I'm I'm a little torn because. This is my favorite ride at Disney World, and and it sucks that it's going away. And, and look, do I think that they're going to create something here that's going to be amazing? Yeah, probably they will. But it, look, I have the same feelings about this that I do about the Great Movie Ride, that I ha- I really hate to see a ride that I really enjoy go. And I think on it's twofold
1: for me. I've been screaming that, and long-time listeners will know this, that We're getting further and further away from Disney animated classics and Disney animation being represented in the parks. Every time we go a little bit further with Star Wars, we go a little bit further with, you know, Pandora, you know, and and even Animal Kingdom to an extent. You know, I like seeing more Disney intellectual property, you know, in the parks. I'm excited for this. But I think that, you know, all of us would have the exact same opinion, especially Tom, if all of a sudden, you know, Space Mountain got rethemed for any reason. And I think that's like the nostalgia factor we're all holding on to with Splash Mountain, just like the the ride that we know. But, you know, I've talked about this and before. We are so excited to get to Walt Disney World, you know, the next time my wife and I go. And this will be one of the first things that I want to do when I get to Walt Disney World.
0: I think that I am definitely optimistic about this. But, you know, based on based on what they did with Frozen, there's there's definitely some optimism there. But based on what happened with Stitch's Great Escape, I'm kind of fearful about it too. So I, I'm approaching this cautiously. I'm not pleased with it. I wish they would have replaced something like you know Tom Sawyer Island with with the Princess and the Frog theme instead of Splash Mountain. But it, it is what it is. And look, at the end of the day, it's a it's a theme park ride, right? It it's not uh, it's not the end of the world. All right. So moving on, let's let's briefly talk about the reservation system. I had an awful, awful experience with the reservation system. And I know that Disney has put out a statement saying that, oh, the reservation system worked perfectly. There were no errors. It was just people trying to get on and make reservations before their eligibility. I'm here to tell you that's crap. Uh, I I tried to get on. The reservation system was supposed to open, what was it, Tuesday morning at 7 a.m.? I was on Tuesday morning at 7 a.m., didn't get on. I think the the system finally opened somewhere around 8.30 or 8.40 on Tuesday morning. I had so much trouble logging in. I kept getting a a message that we're almost ready to blast off and it it would start a 15-minute timer and then that 15-minute timer would restart when it got to about 12 minutes. So I was constantly seeing this 15-minute timer and eventually I was able to, to read some forums and kind of backdoor my way into this reservation system. Now that being said... Availability was fine. I didn't have any issues making reservations for the days that we had uh, we had hotel reservations, but we're still having some errors with some annual pass holders being able to make reservations for the days that we are at the parks or that we're scheduled to be at the parks based on our resort stay.
2: Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't know if Disney wasn't ready for the amount of people that would be trying to access this. I would say I don't know that Disney did a great job communicating this ahead of time, and so you, I can actually go with Disney and say you probably did have people logging on that didn't realize, oh, I can't book yet. But let's not, let's just call a spade a spade, Disney. You know, one one thing that I think you haven't done a good job of is actively wanting people back in the park. And I understand the safety precautions behind it. I understand the size company you are, but your competitors in Orlando are finding ways to do this, it seems, pretty easily. Now, I haven't been to Universal. I haven't been to SeaWorld. I haven't been to Busch Gardens. But it. I have watched quite a few videos, and people talk about how much easier it is, uh, the system that, that has been implemented there, which is not a reservation system. Uh, they're allowing people to come into the park and practice social distancing with a mask, etc. Time will tell if Disney does this successfully when we get into you know, into July 11th and July 15th.
1: One of the big things that I would caution you on, Tom, Disney is such a more worldwide, I mean, recognizable brand than Universal or SeaWorld. And I think that Disney really does have to play their cards close to the vest. They have to play it safe because, I mean, you've seen just in the NFL, anytime a player has any coronavirus symptoms, it pops up immediately. Disney just cannot afford that PR hit. They need to be on the forefront of this. And if it means that we can't get into the park until a little bit later, I mean, you know, make reservations and, you know, soft openings. I think that's what they probably should do.
2: Well, I think the bigger risk for Disney is it's not the guests that are are going into the park. Because what I think would be a, a really easy thing to do is say, hey, sign a waiver. And you pretty much say whatever happens here happens. It's the cast members they have to protect. Because if you have a cast member get sick or, heaven forbid, someone pass away from coronavirus due to being back open, that's where you're hit, you're taking a big hit. I don't know how to manage that. I mean, I, I don't know what to suggest Disney. I'm just saying Disney rolled out this reservation system and it was done extremely poorly. Uh, their, their The accessibility of the website was not there.
0: Yeah, re- regardless of what your opinion is on, on what Disney should or should not do and, and how welcoming they've been. This was poorly implemented. And frankly, if, if I'm a multi-billion dollar company and this is what I have to show after two and a half months of working on this, I, I would be ashamed. Now, the system works fine. The system works fine now. But look, you, you know what the demand for your product is, right? You're the, you're the number one visited theme park in the world. You know what the demand for your product is, regardless of what you, what you think or how many people you want there.
2: Well, I think this. I think this is something that Disney has struggled in for a while when it when it relates to websites and functionality. There, the My Disney Experience app. While while we love we loved it, I think the more that I had to use it because I was going to Disney more, I would find more flaws. And that's like anything else, right? I, it's nothing that was so bad. I, I it would ruin my day in the park. But this was a little challenging when when you have multiple trips planned and you already you did everything correctly ahead of this, and then you can't log in, and there's an issue with, hey, four, four, three of the four people, we can get the reservation, the fourth one, we can't, but there's no logical reason behind it. So there were just some bugs that came out with it.
0: And the frustrating thing is, and, and this is no fault of Disney's, but you can't get anybody on the phone either. I sat on hold for an hour and a half trying to figure out a problem that I had, and, and I eventually gave up because there, I didn't have any more time to wait, so... The demand is there, obviously. You know, look, it's still up in the air for us. I think if if we go to Disney or if we go to Universal in in September,
2: I've told Pete uh, I'm I'm up in the air because I could still get a refund for the re- the remaining whatever four months, five months now because they did give an additional month on the annual passes. My wife and I are considering taking the refund and doing something else because I, I don't particularly care to wear a mask. That's just my personal belief. Uh, I know that's a rule at Disney, and I would certainly abide by it. But the Florida heat in a mask—I mean, Pete's going to get a trial run uh, this weekend. He's going to go to a zoo where he'll have to wear a mask, and I think it's going to be like 90 something degrees with 90% humidity. So I don't know. I, 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 we say all that. I know we're we're kind of negatively talking about Disney. The, we're just—I think the execution of the reservation system wasn't as smooth, didn't go as smoothly as probably Disney had hoped, or had as we had hoped. Uh, but, but fortunately, Disney looks to be working some of those kinks out. And I just hope that moving forward, people don't run into those same issues because to Pete's point, a lot of people are calling Disney. And I it's I don't know how to manage all those calls, but it does mean you're going to remain on wait uh, on hold for quite some time. It's like when the coronavirus broke out, if you tried, if you had a, a flight plan, to get a hold of someone from an airline was impossible.
0: So the only other piece of news that I want to mention, it's kind of interesting because I don't think you ever got to – well, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Be Our Guest is going to – Table service only, uh, starting with the reopening. So, no more breakfast, no more lunch, no more no more uh, counter service lunch, which it really wasn't a counter service anyway. But uh, it'll it'll only be the uh, the dinner menu for lunch and dinner. They're not going to do breakfast at all. At be our guest.
2: Let me make sure I understand correctly, because maybe there's someone else thinking the same question. It's going to be the dinner menu for lunch and dinner, which means it will no longer be a quick service meal credit. It will be a table service credit for lunch.
0: I think it's two table service credits, right?
2: It'd be two. It's two for dinner, right? And so that's the that's the big change.
0: Yeah, I think that's the case for lunch too, and and it's the uh, it's the prefix menu also that you get for dinner. So it's not like uh, you know it's not like lunch where you can order you know your sandwich or whatever. You go in and uh, and you get the prefix menu.
2: Well, while we're on the point, I, I think we we rated a quick you know best quick service restaurant. It would have been will be our guest is certainly in the top five if it's not your number one, because you get the atmosphere. Pete, I've never done the dinner. I know you have on the prefix menu. Is it something you would do for lunch, though?
0: I I wouldn't do it for lunch, and a couple of reasons. One, it's a really, 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 really heavy lunch. I mean, you're getting an an appetizer, which is, you know, for my appetizer, I got the French onion soup. Uh, But you can also get escargot. You can get octopus. There's a couple other – I think there's a charcuterie boar that you can get. Your entree, I mean, look, you're getting – fillet, you're getting lamb chops, you're getting tenderloin. like this is a really heavy meal, and then you get a then you get a dessert trio with that as well. And it's pricey. it's fifty five bucks. So it's an expensive lunch if uh you know if you're just gonna pop in there. so i I like the quick service lunch because it gave you the opportunity to go in and see the restaurant and only spend I think it was thirty dollars or twenty five dollars or something like that for lunch. So it gave you the opportunity to see the restaurant, get in, get out quickly. I, I don't know if I'm going here for dinner because, I mean, you're here for an hour and a half, two hours. It's heavy and there's alcohol on the menu. So I'm going to be tempted to drink while I'm here.
2: Yeah. So it, so, I really, I look at it. The reason the only time I'd go to be our guest was for the – if it was a single dining credit, I would have done it for dinner. But as a, a two dining credit, I would always push for the quick service lunch. And if I'm going to spend two table service credits in the Magic Kingdom, it's going to be at Cinderella Castle. So that is an interesting change, and that's noteworthy because that would uh, potentially change how someone would want to book their dining plan or plan their meals. Uh, that's interesting.
0: And and I think all it's going to do is increase the availability at Be Our Guest because you're you're I mean people are going to be less likely to eat there for lunch.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: All right. Any other uh, any other news you want to talk about?
2: That's it for the news.
0: All right. Well, with that, let's uh, let's pause for just a second. To uh, actually before we before we pause for just a second, I do want to just mention that uh, we will not have an episode next week uh, because of the Fourth of July. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll all be enjoying ourselves the Fourth of July. So we won't have an episode next week, uh, but we will be back the following week. So with that, let's pause for just a second to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers.
3: So your family is coming to Orlando and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers. A Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today.
0: All right, guys, let's talk about tier, tier non-tier one fast passes. I guess these are all tier two. We could call them tier two fast passes, right? Well at one point,
2: if I remember correctly, Disney had tier two and tier three, right?
0: I, I don't remember a tier three, but but you could be right.
2: Regardless, because we're not talking about the fast passes like uh Slinky Dog Dash and Smuggler's Run and Frozen and Soarin' and Test Track and Flight of Passage. We're not talking about those. Navi River Journey, unfortunately, not sure why that's in there. We're not talking about those. We're talking about the fast passes that you you have to fill in your day with, and one exclusion we're gonna have entirely is Magic Kingdom. I mean, I, maybe we talk about some fast passes that aren't the top ones that we want in Magic Kingdom, but for the most part, we're gonna exclude Magic Kingdom from this. We've broken this down into a park by park breakdown. Broken this down. To a park park. That's <laughs> You've broken it down
0: into a breakdown. Good job. We
2: we have separated this into a park by park breakdown. And and I'm going to start, we're going to start with with Epcot. I'm going to list every tier two fast pass, excluding any character meet and greets in all of them. And then we're going to determine what are the ones that, if you have to fill out your day, you want to start building into your, your top three. So as we look at Epcot, we have the Disney Pixar Short Film Festival. We have Journey into Imagination with Figment, Living with the Land, Mission Space, Spaceship Earth, The Seas with Nemo and Friends, and Turtle Talk with Crush. So, Pete, you've grabbed your tier one. Matt, you grabbed your tier one for the day. What are you, what are you grabbing out of this group of, uh, what is this, seven opportunities?
0: There, there's really only three options here, I think, because the rest you don't need Fast Passes for. And really, these three, you don't need Fast Passes for either. So, just to, just to go through, the Pixar Short Film Festival, you don't need a Fast Pass for, unless it's – and again, when I say this, I'm assuming – we're not in the dead of summer. We're not here on Christmas. We're not here New Year's Day. This is just a normal run-of-the-mill day at the parks. You don't need a Fast Pass for the, the Pixar Short Film Festival. You typically don't need a Fast Pass for Tom's favorite ride, Journey into Imagination with Figment. Uh, you you can typically go and hop on this with very minimal wait. The Seas with Nemo and Friends, don't need a Fast Pass for. Turtle Talk with Crush, you're waiting for the next show. So that leaves... Living with the land, mission space, and Spaceship Earth. And Spaceship Earth's not open, so Living with the land and mission space are it, right?
2: Well, you you, you joke. I, spaceship Earth is going to be open with the park reopening here, right around the corner.
0: It's showing closed for refurbishment right now, so I don't know.
2: They they did release a statement that that the refurbishment would be indefinitely postponed. So I'm gonna I'm gonna assume yes, I'm gonna assume that Spaceship Earth is going to be open. So, but I agree. You have living with the land, you have Mission Space, you have Spaceship Earth.
0: And take take your pick here. I will say that Spaceship Earth and Mission Space get lines. First off, Spaceship Earth gets a line first thing in the morning, typically, because it's the first thing that people come to when they're coming into the parks. Mission Space, what happens is people go to test track, they see that there's a 70-minute wait already, and then they go over to Mission Space. So Mission Space actually gets a line first thing in the morning as well. Living with the land typically is not going to have longer than a 15-minute wait ever, Especially first thing in the morning, there's there's not going to be a wait. So so for me, I'm I'm doing missions, mission space and spaceship Earth.
1: I'm probably uh, see it's tough for me because, well, I kind of want to touch on something you said before. Before I get my answer, I do think it's kind of funny that people like flock to spaceship Earth because it's the first thing they see. It looks really big, and they I wonder how many people just like think that that's a roller coaster or think that that's something like if they went to Magic Kingdom the day before, it's like Space Mountain. You know, I don't know how many people really understand what Spaceship Earth is on their first trip to Disney. But um, yeah, for my answer here, I'm probably going to go Mission Space because I don't eat breakfast. And if this is the f- first thing that I'm doing, I am um, going to do that. So I don't have to do it again the rest of the day when I might throw up. Um, second, I'm going to go to Living with the Land. Um, I think Living with the Land is just so awesome. And it might be something that I want to do multiple times in a day to just see the difference in how they're handling you know, the plants and handling, you know, everything that's growing there. And that's, that's just fun for me, the older I get. And last would probably be Spaceship Earth, just because I I can do that on the way out of the park. I can do that in the afternoon. I can do that at any time. And and like, honestly, I've, I've kind of grown weary of Spaceship Earth. It's just not something that I'm, you know, I don't have to do it every time I go to Disney. I have to take a picture in front of Spaceship Earth, but I don't have to go on the ride.
2: So I, I appreciate and agree with all three attractions that they picked, and I'm gonna take a, a different approach as we look at Epcot. They they talk about the wait times. I'm gonna think more fast pass availability. So if you do your your big ones, what's still gonna be available late in the day? The most challenging ones that to get, believe it or not, are mission space and spaceship earth. And while we don't we don't deem Spaceship Earth as a thrilling attraction, we don't deem it as an attraction that's difficult to get on. If you don't get a morning fast pass, there are times, especially in the peak times, Spaceship Earth is not going to be available. Pete, I you know, I, I know we've gone to Disney most recently together. There's never a time where we haven't been able to get a fast pass for Figment, Seas with Nemo and Friends, Turtle Talk with Crush. Because my wife's actually a big fan of Turtle Talk with Crush. And it's a good show, especially if you have children. But if I if I'm compiling a list and I'm only gonna pick two for the non-tier one fast passes, the tier two fast passes, Mission Space is is my top priority and Spaceship Earth is is my next priority. And Living with the Land, again, if it's one that I've often chosen just because it is a slow-moving boat ride, and I usually have a fast-moving Epcot day ahead of me. And so it's kind of a – and, and it's, a, it's a cool attraction, uh, for, especially if you have folks who have never been to Disney, to be able to, uh, to kind of see what goes on there. So that's Epcot in a nutshell. There's not a ton really to, to argue. Again, we left any character meet and greets out because – I personally don't don't do character meet and greets today, so I don't have a, a ton to offer in Epcot or any other park. We're going to discuss on that. That's kind of where my head's at. I, I think you guys nailed on three attractions, but I think Mission Space your top priority. Spaceship Earth is your second priority, and then Living with the Land would be would be last as you look at tier two fast passes.
0: All right. Well, uh, do we want to move on to Animal Kingdom?
2: As we look to Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios, it gets a lot more difficult.
0: A lot more options, a lot more complicated. So let's, let's run through the Animal Kingdom options real quick. So, and I'll just hit these. Dinosaur, Expedition Everest, Festival of the Lion King, Finding Nemo the Musical, It's Tough to Be a Bug, Cali River Rapids, Kilimanjaro Safari, Primeval Whirl, Rivers of Light, and Up a Great Bird Adventure. Now, Rivers of Light, Tom, I know, I, I see you wanting to talk already. You can't pick Rivers of Light because it, it eats up your fast pass for the whole day. So that's out. You can't pick that. I'm sorry. Two. Yeah. Okay. Two, two
2: notes. If they made Satuli Canteen a tier one, I'd probably pick it still, but two notes here. I want to add Primeval World is seasonal operational. It's seasonally operated. So no guarantee that's an option for you. And while Rivers of Light is a option, it takes up your entire day as Pete just jokingly mentioned. So you wouldn't want to do this here. So let's dive in.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. Let's let's dive in and let's let's rule some out right off the bat. And I think we can ri- rule out Primeval Whirl, right? I think we can rule out Rivers of Light already. We already talked about that. Upgraded Bird Adventure is. I think it's one that you really don't need a fast pass for. I think it's one that you can walk up to the majority of the time and 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 sit down in.
2: You know, I I did rule out Rivers of Light with an all black highlight, so you can't even see the words. That's just kind of my love for it, but yeah, Up a Great Bird Adventure. I think it's a show worthwhile for for a family to for the families to walk up and watch. But as I mentioned, and as Pete mentioned, you can walk up and watch it. There's no there's no issue with finding a seat here. Disney will let you in probably ten minutes late for this show. And while it is a tier two fast pass, there's much better ways to spend uh, spend your fast pass money here.
0: So that leaves it's tough to be a bug as. Kind of the other ride that you, you really don't need a, a fast pass for. You you can go in here for the most part, wait for it, wait for the next show and, and have a seat.
2: But Pete, the episode is you got to pick two. And we have six highlighted attractions for tier two here. And I, I think I, I can I can start here for us because you're, you're trying to balance what's the wait time and what's the fast pass availability look like later in the day. Kilimanjaro has to be one of your two, right?
0: I, I think so. And I think this needs to be one of your earlier fast passes. You really want to get a Kilimanjaro fast pass, maybe not first thing in the morning, but maybe 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, because that's when the animals are really the most active. And that's when you're going to see the most. Plus, you don't want to wait till the hottest part of the day to, to go on Kilimanjaro Safari either, because it gets pretty miserable out there. So yeah, I think this has to be one of your one of your two.
2: And Matt, you, you've talked about this too. I mean, Kilimanjaro, you, you're you're in the same I think boat as Pete on this one that you have to hit it at like a 10 a.m. where because you're in the Florida Sun and the animals are going to be more active one around feeding time, but one around the weather. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I agree with that. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, anytime you go earlier in the morning on Kilimanjaro, it's better, right?
0: So what else do we pick? I mean, I'm I'm gonna rule out Cali River Rapids because I don't like it, and I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ride it because I don't want to get soaked on it. So here here's the question I
2: have, and and we've talked about this on episodes. We're looking at these, Pete. You you literally told me when we made this outline. You don't need a fast fast for Expedition Everest. Expedition Everest. So
0: you're you're thinking single rider. Yeah, correct. I'm th- absolutely thinking single rider Expedition Everest, but. I'll also say that, Tom, the last time we went to Animal Kingdom, we rode Expedition Everest seven times in a row. Seven times in a row without a fast pass. And then we used our fast pass.
2: But we did this from – because I, I don't want to assume that everyone's going to rope drop and play it the same way we do. I, I'm assuming some people walk in the park right at the minute it opens and they rely on their three fast passes. I think you could still single rider Expedition Everest. But some people don't want to do that. I, we don't know if single rider is still even going to be there.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Probably won't be.
2: So I would actually say my if you if you like roller coasters, my second tier two is Expedition Everest. If you don't like roller coasters, I am really torn.
0: I think you have to see say i torn.
2: I was gonna I because if I was gonna think maybe Finding Nemo, I think the musical is fantastic.
0: I I like Finding Nemo, but I think that you can typically get into a Finding Nemo show if you show up 15 minutes or 20 minutes before showtime. Yeah, you're going to wait, but I really don't think you need to blow a fast pass on that. Now, Festival of the Lion King on the other hand is tough to get into, and so that's where I'm torn between Festival of the Lion King and and Dinosaur.
2: And I and I'll add one one point here. Finding Nemo, I agree. You can typically find a seat for it in standby festival of lion king you get better seats with your fast pass in my opinion more so uh, in um in finding nemo you do as well but festival of lion king you know i I actually got separated from my wife and mom last time we all had fast passes they wouldn't let me into where they were in and i had to to sneakily walk across an area to go sit where they had saved me a seat so maybe maybe Dinosaur is the pick because you can very easily get Fast Passes for Finding Nemo if you need to. If you like water rides, and, and there are a lot of people that disagree with us on Cali River Rapids, that's another one you have to consider here. We don't like the attraction, but it is a tough attraction to get a Fast Pass to. And I see Matt shaking his head.
1: Well, so here's the deal with Cali River Rapids. I don't... Why do you guys think it's it's tough to get a fast pass for this? Like, what what's the what do we think? Why? It's
0: because well, it's, it's a because water it's ride. it's Florida and it's a water ride, and so people people gravitate towards it. And and I mean, it, so in the summertime, it does. It gets up to a sixty minute, seventy minute wait.
2: Yeah, I was going I was gonna say forty plus minute wait. And what people will see is, I'm in the parks, forty plus minute wait. Let me try and grab this one. So it makes it a, it's a challenging fast pass to land. But I guess like I'm I'm
1: how would we encourage our listeners? Do they have to ride Cali River Rapids for themselves to decide, or do we kind of just?
2: I tell people right now to avoid it.
1: I feel like I'm always like nastier when I get off than when I got on, even with the Florida Heat.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't like I don't like getting on this ride because it. I mean, you either don't get wet at all, or you get absolutely drenched. There's no yeah, Pete, there's no I mean, like just get a little splashed.
2: We we have ridden this. And we, we talked about this on a previous episode. I mean, what, what what could you do to to enhance this attraction? Pete, we rode this maybe first Mendu Disney trip. And it was more about a, a trip of how can we how can we accomplish every attraction for everyone here? And I think I rode with no poncho, right?
0: You rode no poncho. We everybody else had ponchos.
2: And I didn't I didn't get all that wet, but that's kind of the the it it's it's fun because you're, you're playing it's a it's a game of craps like you have no idea what's going to happen. who's going to get soaked. the way the, the raft is situated, you're in seats of two. So you you could be the two that, that don't really get affected by it. but I just don't think you know Splash Mountain you can get you can get pretty wet on it. They've turned it down a little bit. but the theming of the attraction, the story is better. Kelly River Rapids it is legitimately like you're going whitewater rafting but on a very very small small intensity scale. So it's just not one that I would want to spend my tier two fast pass on.
0: But I some agree with that. that. Would
2: some people that would? So let, let's re regroup here. You're picking two. We agree. Kilimanjaro Safari. We agree as a group. Matt, what is your second one? Pete, what's your second one? Expedition
1: Everest is my second one. I love roller coasters. I mean, I think that you know, looking at the list, I'll go ahead and do my second and my third, and then Pete, you know, you can do the same thing. My third would probably be dinosaur. I I don't mind the, the it's tough to be a bug Q. Like I don't mind that. Um and the other stuff here, I mean it's just standby for me if I'm going to do it. But yes, yeah, so I go um definitely definitely um expedition ever number 2 and then dinosaur number 3. You only but, get
2: one. Oh, well I'm, I'm
1: well, he getting He gets
2: two. He gets two tier. He gets two tier
1: twos.
0: So you're so you're not getting a Kelma jars
1: So no, Pete's right. Pete's right. I, I misspoke there. Yeah, I'm picking Expedition Everest there as my number two.
0: And
2: Kilimanjaro Safari. Okay, Pete, what are you taking? Is, you're taking Kilimanjaro Safari, what's your number two?
0: I, I think I'm going to take Expedition Everest also. I, it's Regardless, I think it's a better ride than Dinosaur. And, and like we talked about, everything else, I can wait standby or just skip.
2: All right, so I, I'm going to go Kilimanjaro Safari, and I'm going to go Dinosaur, which is probably a surprise based on our discussion here. But I have my, my both my wife and I are totally comfortable with single rider attractions. And there are times where there's a 40 minute dinosaur wait, and unfortunately that's what you got because there's no single rider. There are times when there's a 40 minute expedition everest wait, 40 minute plus, and you can wait eight, you know, eight to fifteen minutes to go single rider. We'll we'll take that route because we get to talk to each other the entire time in the queue. She I usually ask her to Do you ride first, unless she wants like a specific row or area. And then we meet each other in the gift shop. We we scan our photo and we, we jump back in line. So that, that's kind of where I'm going to go there. If you are someone who enjoys shows, I would take Festival of Lion King, Finding Nemo, and up over Rivers of Light. And I'm not even kidding. Because you can, you can stand by Rivers of Light at the end of the day and you don't want to tie yourself up into that Fast Pass. I would tell you the same thing about Tier 1 if you look at Fantasmic. I, I would tell you the same thing. You don't want to tie yourself up in a Fast Pass. And so uh, that's kind of where we're at.
0: If if you really want to get that Rivers of Light Fast Pass, if you really want to get that uh, Fantasmic Fast Pass, do the dining package. Assuming it's still offered, I mean that's that's the best way to do that.
2: You don't let Pete lead you astray, please.
0: All right, so I, I'm not I'm not saying you should go see Rivers of Light, but I'm saying if if on the off chance that you want to see Rivers of Light, there is an option. I think it's Tusker House too. So at go, least you get it. No, go eat
2: Satouli Canteen and walk up to Rivers of Light. They, listen, they're going to be begging. They might give you free popcorn to sit inside and watch Rivers of Light.
0: All right, let's go to Hollywood Studios. I, I think this is going to be the most challenging of the parks so far. I mean, because Animal Kingdom, you had one that you you pretty much have to do, right? Hollywood Studios, you don't really have that. So what are, what are our assumptions about Hollywood Studios? Are we assuming that Hollywood Studios goes back to being as busy as it was pre-pandemic?
1: Oh, I... I think, yeah, I think
2: it'll be one of the more busy parks because there's the newest stuff there. If, if we're not assuming that, Disney is probably extremely stressed if they don't think that's going to happen. I mean, they've invested so much money into Galaxy's Edge and Toy Story Land. If you, if you kind of look at how Disney's expanded, you know they, they would pr- prefer today that Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom are right there. If they're not 2-3, they'd love them to be 1-2 in popularity. Magic Kingdom is always going to be popular for, for the obvious reason. So much is going on at Epcot that I, I would imagine people are avoiding that park if they have a, a few days at Disney. But Disney needs Hollywood Studios to return to the level of crowded that we saw. And and what are they going there for? They're going there for Galaxy's Edge. Rise of Resistance, Smuggler's Run. So one thing I will say, and I guess this is kind of going a little off topic, but
1: If there are reduced crowds at Walt Disney World, I mean, that should theoretically help people getting on... Tom's shaking his head. Why why do you say no, Tom?
2: So reduced crowds is going to mean reduced availability for everything because they're social distancing. So as someone who's done the virtual queue for Rise of Resistance, there's a limited number of group numbers. That's how they regulate the crowds. And they'll probably, I'm assuming... I haven't seen this in a, in a news article to this point, but I'm assuming they're going to reduce the group options. They're going to have quite a few backup groups. They're going to reduce the fast pass availability because they're going to want to social distance as much as possible.
0: There's not going to be any fast pass because they're going to use the fast pass line for social distancing.
1: Correct. Yeah. So so no fast pass. So one question I have: If you're a group of four, is that going to be easier for you to get on than someone that's a group of two?
2: No. Well, in my understanding of the virtual queue at Rise of Resistance, it was it was not about the group size. It was about the group number. So they had an allotted number of people per group. It doesn't matter if eight fills it up or two fills it up. It, it's just a total number. It, it, in, in, in essence, you don't have an advantage because you have two and I have eight. It just means who's quicker at navigating the app to get inside group one, two, three, et cetera.
1: So I get that. But what I'm saying is there, is there a way to, and that we're going off, off the rails here. And if y'all need me to stop, I will, but is there a way to beat? This is fine. No, no. This is but is there a way to beat it. the system? I mean, you, you've written it, Pete's written it, is, but is there a way during these, this, this situation to beat the system when there's going to be less people in the park, more people in a group or a family that are staying in the same room could potentially be grouped on together.
2: I, I actually think it'll be more challenging because I think their groups are going to be shrinked to such a point. If I bring a group, a family, a family saying only Disney Resort property together of 10 in, I'm going to, I'm going to remove a lot of opportunity there. But does that,
1: with that ride? I mean, you guys, know I don't, I don't do spoilers. I haven't done this attraction. I've only heard what y'all have said on the podcast and you guys are great. But would that limit roles or limit, limit the ride experience by not having full capacity or social distancing at all? De- I, I do think,
2: yeah, I, I do think if we're going to talk specifically about, and we're talking fast pass, so this is relevant because we, we don't think fast passes are coming back ever, or at least I don't. I, they can speak, they can speak for themselves, but maybe maybe it's a paid, it's an add on. But you'd look at Smuggler's Run for example. These are this is a tier one fast pass, so we're not going to talk about it in this section. Six people ride Smuggler's Run. Oftentimes, they fill at least one engineer with with a single rider. That's not happening. That's not happening in the you, near future. You
0: can't. You can't have distancing six feet apart, so yes, and and have Matt, single I rider.
2: Yeah, exactly, Matt. I agree with you. I, you're you're gonna have a family of four go, and those the people who would have been single rider won't have that. same They're gonna have to wait in the same queue that 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 family of four sat in.
0: Yeah, I don't think single rider is gonna be a thing anymore because they're not gonna be taking single people from. Outside of the of your group and putting them with you anymore, it's just not going to happen.
2: And I've been in the ride vehicles for both. They're not putting you, you know, us. us uh, if we all took our wives and we're from we're from separate reservations, they're not putting us all on a ride. They're not putting us all in Smuggler's Run. They're not putting us all on on Rise of Resistance. You, there's just not enough room to social distance properly. And it and it just depends the stance that Disney's going to take in this long term. But it, regardless, we're, we're talking. This is a hypothetical. If tier two fast passes are still around, what does that look like?
1: Yeah, and I, th- I think that you know we need to plan for everything, and I think that's what we're doing right now. We're talking about fast passes. I mean, Tom says he doesn't know if they're going to come back. Pete, I think he's pretty much leaning they're not going to come back. And me, you know, I don't care either way. I enjoy the fast passes. I can make it work, um, but yes, I mean, let's talk about these tier two fast passes. But you know, as listeners, we want you to be informed. We want you to be educated. We want you to have a way to, you know, make a plan when Disney is maybe back at full capacitor when you're ready to make a trip.
0: All right, yeah, let's let's swing it over to Hollywood Studios and and we'll just hit up all the tier two fast passes real quick: Alien Swirling Saucers, Toy Story Mania, Tower of Terror, Rocket Roller Coaster. Beauty and the Beast, Disney Junior Live on Stage, The Frozen Sing-Along, Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular, Muppet Vision 3D, Star Tours, and Voyage of the Little Mermaid.
2: To start here, we, we've seen a huge shakeup on, on what is Tier 2 at Disney World. We've obviously spent some time talking about uh, Galaxy's Edge. Once Rise of Resistance opened, Disney loosened this up. Because at one point, you had Toy Story Mania, Tower of Terror, rock and Roller Coaster, let's see... Slinky Dog, Alien Swirling Saucers, and Smuggler's Run all in Tier 1. And and we talked on the podcast at that time, if you want to go back and listen. Smuggler's yeah, Run didn't so, have
0: it, – it is now. It, didn't but it did have, not yeah, it have, didn't have Fast, fast Pass. Fast,
2: but if you go back and listen, we said how ridiculous this was. And now Disney, once Rise of Resistance opened, which it really doesn't make any sense because it's not a Fast Pass attraction. But once it opened, they reshuffled what it looks like here. And so what you have now in Tier 1, you have Smuggler's Run. You have Slinky Dog Dash, and you have Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. And and what that has done is you look at some of the dated attractions here. I mean, Toy Story Mania is a little dated. It's not like Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster and Star Tours. Star Tours is never Tier 1, but you get what I'm saying. It's it's given you more options. So I think as we talked about how challenging Animal Kingdom was, Hollywood Studios is tough. Pete, I, you know, Matt has, has not been able to ride alien swirling saucers he's written everything else but i mean i can i can make a fight for at least 3 here as tier 2
0: well so, so what do you want to rule out here i think we rule out beauty and the beast i think we rule out disney junior i think we rule out frozen inana jones muppet vision and little mermaid i think we can i think we can take all those off the table because they're for the most part, they're walk-on attractions.
2: I, and I want to say, we're, we're not ruling these out because we don't like them. We're ruling them out because you don't need to waste that Tier 2. Tier 2 Fast Passes are really, really important. And you don't need to say, hey, I've got Slinky Dog. I'm just going to fill time on sing, Frozen sing along and in Indiana Jones or Muppet Vision. Now, I will say I'm guilty of picking Muppet Vision or Star Tours because and well, Star tours is not when you ruled out, but Muppet Vision or maybe Little Mermaid just to to fill fill the holes.
0: I mean, but I've gone and, I've gone and scanned in at Muppet Vision before and not gotten on the attraction, just to use the second tier two fast pass so I could get other fast passes.
2: And, and we're not necessarily talking strategy here because there is some method behind that madness. We're saying, hey best case scenario, here are the tier twos you want to have. And I think it's pretty clear cut. I think you could make an argument for four of the attractions, but I would actually shrink that to three. But I think Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, and Toy Story Mania are probably the upper echelon of the tier two here. I see you shrugging your shoulders. What do you What do you think?
0: I I would I would do Alien Swirling Saucers over Toy Story Mania. I I just think it's a I think it's a more fun attraction, and my my arm doesn't get tired at the end of Alien Swirling Saucers.
2: Yeah. So. I, I I would say that that I, the only reason I think that Toy Story Mania, Tower of Terror, and Rock and Roller Coaster would be the considered the upper echelon of that, is because Alien Swirling Saucers. Have you seen it? Seriously, the times we've gone with a a higher wait time than Toy Story Mania, because I have not.
0: Um, I mean sometimes, yeah, sometimes you know, Midway Mania might be at sixty, Alien Swirling Saucers might be at forty or forty five. So I, I would say they're pretty close. Maybe maybe it's
2: because we've waited for swirling Saucers, like I don't know maybe more than one more than once at least twice.
0: But but you waited for mania last time.
2: I didn't wait. I didn't wait forty minutes for mania.
0: Well, you waited long enough for me to ride Slinky Dog, and then still have time to come hop in line with you guys.
2: Okay, touche, touche. I
0: so, see. I mean, I see I, Matt. I,
2: Matt wants some. Matt wants some screen time here. What you got, Matt? You know what? I think I'm going to go with
1: the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular. And Muppet Vision 3D as my choices. No, I'm I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. Although I do think a great seed in Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular is pretty sweet, and you know I'm never going to say no to some Muppet Vision. I would actually go here, Toy Story Mania, and then that'd be my first one. Just because I just I'm so scared of that wait time, and I'm still assuming there's single rider lines, and I'm assuming that the Tower of Terror queue stays the same where it's not where I'm in the heat the entire time and I'm mostly in air condition or at least in a garden where I'm going to be cool. And I'm probably going to do... I'm going to do Rock and Roller Coaster as my second one just because I know there's a single rider line, but I'd like to be in a group with my friends doing that ride, at least one person for the picture. So I'd, I'd like to you know make sure that that happens. But after that, I'm fine waiting in line for Tower of Terror. I'm fine waiting in line for Alien Swirling Saucers. I mean everything else on this list. I mean Star Tours is a lot of fun, and but I just haven't seen myself wait that long for that in a long time.
0: I'm going to tell you my two, and then I'm going to give you my reason. I'm going to pick Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster as my two, and here's why: Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster are all the way across the park from every other one of these rides. So if I, if I'm walking into the park, and let's say that I've got a Slinky Dog Fast Pass, or I, I'm rope dropping I'm rope dropping Slinky Dog. Or I'm rope dropping Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and then I'm going right to Slinky Dog. I'm already over there. I can, I can walk right onto Toy Story Mania, right onto Alien Swirling Saucers first thing in the morning. Right? So, that other section of the park has time to fill up, and then I've got fast passes to go, to go get on those two rides. At least, that's been my experience the last time that I went. I, I don't know if that's gonna be true in the future, but, but, but that's my logic behind it is, it keeps me out of that section of the park until I go over and use my fast passes. Now, Rock and roller coaster does have a single rider. Is that going to be applicable anymore? Probably not. So there you go.
2: So Pete, I, I actually love the thought process. I I can't speak to being in the park with what do you call it? Runaway railway. Away? What yeah. do you call it?
0: Mickey's what train it? Wreck. Now,
2: What do you call it? Yeah, Mickey's train wreck. Train wreck. And No, if if runaway railway, that's now open. So that that adds a dynamic since we've been able to enter the park and. I tend to agree with you. I, I've gone in and rope dropped for Rise of Resistance and walked on Toy Story Midway Mania multiple times in a row. Uh, two two times in a row. So I, I do think that in theory, if you're looking at it from a where you're gonna be in the park, easy to do rock and roller coaster and tower of terror. But Star Tours is not a gimme. Because no, it's some not. Of people have Galaxy's Edge like like uh they're just obsessed with the fact of Galaxy's Edge, and so that they could, they're like ah well next best next best thing is Star Tours let's do Star Tours, but I, I would tell you that I might actually fast pass Midway Mania and Tower of Terror, which probably sounds stupid to you, but I'm I'm banking on my last time there was there was single rider and rock and roller coasters so if I can go single rider there and I can land. Here's my perfect scenario. I land a tier one for Slinky Dog. I have a fast pass for Midway Mania, fast pass for Tower of Terror, and I rope drop. Runaway Railway. I've had I've I've already killed Hollywood Studios in half a day. So I, I would pick, yeah, I'd pick Tower of Terror and Midway Mania. But you can't go wrong. Really, seriously, I, I'm not kidding with any of the five suggestions we have. Those are the five I'd focus on. And and I think you've seen now as we've move through the parks. Epcot isn't so much about... Epcot's more about wait time, not Fast Pass availability, because there's not there's only, you know, what are we picking from? Seven attractions, roughly. As you get into Animal Kingdom and you get into Hollywood Studios, larger pool to pick from. We feel pretty confident that you can pick up Fast Passes for a lot of these after the fact of your first three. So I I am... Uh, yeah, Tower of, Tower of Terror and Midway Mania for me. And obviously... We mentioned we mentioned that Magic Kingdom does not have any any tiers. If I'm looking at at the non-tier ones, I'll list a few. Pete, Matt, if you want if you want to chime in, Jungle Cruise, or not 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 the non-tier ones, but the non-upper echelon ones. So so I'm not going to list a, a Seven Dwarfs. There's not tiers. Yeah, Pirates, Jungle Cruise, Haunted Mansion. You know you you could spend some time. Buzz Lightyear, P-
0: Space Ranger, Spin.
2: Is Peter Pan – I mean, Peter Pan is probably a top tier. I
0: think I think Peter Pan is a top tier. I mean, all the mountains are really a top tier.
2: Yeah, I mean, Pirates, Haunted Mansion. I, I don't grab many outside of that. Jungle Cruise is, a, is a, as we mentioned, a good one to find. Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor, depending on the day. I mean, I was there late December, and it was busy. But, yeah, I, Magic Kingdom, there's so many attractions to choose from. People spread out. And then you have a ton of character meet and greets, which we're not even addressing. Uh, so that that's kind of the the quick overview of Magic Kingdom without giving you a, a formula.
1: I will say that if it's important to you to go see Beauty and the Beast, if you have a child that you know loves the movie, like maybe that's something you want to do, just make sure you have a good seat, make sure you have a good spot. The um, Voyage of the Little Mermaid may be pretty similar, and I'm in Hollywood Studios now. Obviously, Muppet Vision 3D, Indiana Jones, like I talked about earlier. I mean, that you can't really go wrong with that. Um, Disney Junior, live on stage, probably. I, I don't have kids. I don't know folks that are watching that. I don't know, Pete, if your daughter does. But um, it's tough to be a bug. I can see an argument for. Her. That's about it. An Animal Kingdom and an Epcot, yeah, nothing. Nothing that we didn't mention. You know, maybe Figment. Maybe Figment.
2: Well, you're definitely going to ride Figment. Let's just get that straight. But I, th- I think the, the whole theme behind this is – we're trying to give you the advice on which which fast passes you can get after your first three, and we're not trying to steer you what to ride and when to ride it. But if you have an interest in riding Mission Space, Seas with Nemo and Friends, and Turtle Talk with Crush, you need to take the fast pass for Mission Space. Don't take it for the other ones. If you have an interest in doing Dinosaur, Tough to Be a Bug, and Up a Great Bird Adventure, take the one for fast pass. Take take the Dinosaur fast pass rather. We're trying to steer you more in the direction where you will have success doing all of the attractions you want to do and not waiting in long queues for, for long wait times uh, for the attractions that, that you desire to do on your vacation. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, I, I know we're biased, but I, I feel like we hit it pretty well here.
0: Yeah. And again, assuming FastPass ever comes back, which is a big if at this point.
2: You know, that, that was actually one, one topic of should we do this episode was will FastPass return? So I we, we pro, I know we prefaced it, but I want to reiterate. We have no idea what's going to happen if FastPass is going to return in the same state that it was. It's my opinion that Disney has now hit an opportunity where they can take away FastPass and they can make everything either a paid for Fast pass or a virtual queue. If they do that, this episode's out the window. We don't know that today. It's the end of June. Disney's about to reopen. We'll see what that looks like.
0: Yes, sir. All right. Well, uh, anything else to say on that?
2: Nope. That was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening.
0: All right. Let's go to the uh, secret and trivia question for the week. What do we got, Tom?
2: So secret of this week, did you know? You do know this if you're a listener. The queue for Exhibition Everest. Extremely detailed. So detailed, in fact, that it probably deserves its own hidden secrets episode or article or, or something. But... Many of the items you'll see in the queue are authentic, with climbing gear being taken from the base of Mount Everest, and computers and ladders being purchased from the Nepalese store. Nepalese stores, no. yeah. I, you know, I, I can't read or pronounce words, so thank you for the help there, Pete. But yeah, we've talked about the Expedition Everest queue quite a bit. I mean, it, it's top level, top notch. So if you do have to wait standby somewhere, this is a good queue to do it. But going to the trivia question of last week, I asked, what will you see or what will you find when looking at the exit signs to the left of it's tough to be a bug when the announcer says, will all honorary bugs remain seated while the lice, bedbugs, maggots, and cockroaches exit first? What you'll see is a firefly-style creature lighting up the signs toward the exit, so what they depart through of. So if, if you do take a moment to look left, you will see the exit signs lighting up from Firefly-style creatures. Going to the trivia question of this week. What caused the Yeti animatronic to lose its movement ability in Exhibition Everest? We've talked about this quite a bit. We all know that the Yeti does not move anymore. There are some strobe lights there, but what was the actual cause to stop the Yeti animatronic to lose its movement ability in Expedition Everest? You can tweet us at minduww podcast or email us at MENDU wdw at all
0: right well that's all we have for this week please tune in next week for some more disney magic look for us on the twitter at men wdw podcast if you have any suggestions questions comments please tweet us or email us at men at gmail.com if you enjoyed the podcast please subscribe and leave us a review it really does help us out thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have your time we'll see you next week